Alright, hey, if you've got your Bible today, let's turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And that is, if you have it, I've got a, what's called an old Schofield Bible. And it's on, it's, that's on page 1236. If you don't have an old Schofield Bible, 2 Corinthians is in your New Testament. It is towards the end of your New Testament. Uh, it's after 1 Corinthians. And it's right before the book of Galatians. But you'll find 2 Corinthians right there. Uh, and we're going to look at a verse here today. And I do thank you for being here. But I, let, me, let me encourage you, make your plans to be here again tonight, back in the house of God. And I, 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 not because, I, you know, not because you know, I want you to be here for me. I just want you to be here to be able to fellowship with like believers. And I want you to be here to be able to get something from the Word of God. So please make your plans to be here tonight at 6 o'clock for, for First Church. And I sure, I'm sure it'll be a blessing as well. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you're there, would you say amen? Amen. All right. Uh, let's pray. Uh, let's, let's pray. We'll, well, let me, let me read the verse, then we'll pray, and we'll get started. Look at verse number 9. Here's what it says. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for the spirit, this, this service so far. Lord, thank you for the good singing. Lord, thank you for the good reminder about that good day mercy walked into our life. Lord, I want to thank you for saving me. God, I was unworthy, but God, I thank you so much for, Lord, for your mercy in my life. God, I pray, Lord, you bless us now as we look at this good verse in your Bible. God, I pray, Lord, you help it speak to our hearts. God, I pray, Lord, you would just please, if there's somebody here today, Lord, who doesn't know you as their Savior, God, I pray, Lord, you'd save them today. And God, I pray, Lord, you'd help those, those of us who are saved remember how wonderful it is the day mercy walked into our life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I don't know if your family is like mine, but I'm sure if it is, your, your, this time of year is full of Christmas traditions. Uh, our, my, my family, our entire Christmas day is just one big tradition after another. Our day starts at our home uh, where my wife and children and myself, we get up early in the morning and we have Christmas at our house just together. And it is a, it is a fun time and we get up early. Our kids used to, man, one time I, one of our kids got us about like two, 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 three two or three o'clock in the morning to have Christmas. And that was not a fun day. But most of the time the kids get us up in the morning and we go and we go open gifts and enjoy some time together. And then we leave from our house and we head over to our in-laws house where we get to have breakfast and spend some time opening some gifts and enjoying just the company of my of my family over at my in-laws house and then this year we're going to come to church at 11 o'clock in the morning insert commercial here and uh, and uh, and then after church that morning we always are going to take a little we, we always take a trip to the mountains to spend the evening with some of my family uh, of all the traditions that Christmas Day has, quite possibly one of the, my favorite traditions, and it's one that I remember from, the, remember from the time I was a little boy all the way to now, is that right before uh, the gift giving begins at, the, at my family in the mountains, right after we've all had a meal, we come to the living room together and we sit in there. And, and, and my, I don't know, we have a, I have a pretty large family. I think all told, one time we added it up, there's like 45 or 50 of us in the same household in the mountains. And we get together in the living room there and we all all sit down and we sing Christmas carols for a little bit. We just sing several Christmas carols, and then the 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 the, the my favorite thing happens. The somebody takes my pa's old Bible. And we read the Christmas story from my pa's Bible. My pa passed away, oh man, some 10, 11 years ago now. But we still take his Bible out and we read the Christmas story from his Bible. I, I remember, I remember, 
Uh, I remember growing up looking forward to the day that my pa would hand me his Bible and say, Son, would you read the Christmas story to us? I remember the first time he actually gave me the honor of reading the Christmas story at, at, at their house. And, and the, the, the reading of the Christmas story at my grandma's house has got to be one of the highlights for me of Christmas Day. Now, I said I'll have to tell you this. Now, if, if you're not already aware, most of you probably are, that we're, you, we are only 21 short days away from Christmas. And I'm sure that most of you are in full swing for all, all your Christmas prep, prep, preparations. And like me, many of you may have the Christmas story on your list of things that are done in your home during your busy Christmas. Now, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I told you last week that, that, uh, that if, you, if you were to add up all of the verses in Luke 2 and Matthew 1 and 2 that make up what you and I would call the Christmas story, it adds up to about 82 verses in our Bible. But did you know that in your Bible, there are single verses of our Bible that tell you and I the Christmas story? Sure there are. Last week, I began a series of messages that I have entitled, Christmas in one verse. And what I've hoped to do over the next several Sundays is just to take one verse from our Bible and tell us that tells you and I the story of Christmas. Now, last week, if you were here, you'll remember we, we took what was quite possibly the most famous of all the verses of our Bible, the verse of John chapter 3 and verse number 16. And in that verse, you and I can see Christmas in the, in the great gift that was given in John 3.16. You remember what I told you. I told you that John 3.16 tells you and I of an unsolicited gift. That God, that God loved you and I so much that He gave to you and I His only begotten Son. Oh, we weren't looking for Him. We weren't asking for Him. No, God just loved you and I enough that He gave to you and I the Lord Jesus Christ. I mentioned that it was an, it's, a, it's an unlimited gift that God's that the gift that Jesus gave and giving and that, 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 that the gift that Jesus was to this world is for any is for is for anybody and everybody because that verse tells us that that whosoever whosoever what a great word whosoever is is it not hey I'm glad it didn't say that that the elect of God could be saved I'm glad it didn't say that the rich could be saved or the or the or the or the, or the people of high degree could be saved I'm glad my Bible still says that whosoever whosoever can receive the gift that 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 was given on that first Christmas night it was an undeserved gift Oh, friend, can I say, not anybody in this room can ever talk about how they deserve the love of God. Not anybody in this room can talk about how they deserve the grace of God. Not anybody can say they, 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 they can talk about how they deserve the, the, the great gift that Jesus was in coming to this world. But can I just say, sadly, I mentioned last week that it, too, too often than not, it's an unused gift. You see, because well, if you remember what I told you, a gift, a gift is only good if the person the gift was bought for receives the gift. Otherwise, the gift is useless. And while God's grace is there and God's mercy is there and God's salvation is there for whosoever will, the sad statement is that too many people leave that gift under the tree and they never receive that gift of salvation. That was Christmas in one verse. Now today, we, you and I are going to look at another verse in our New Testament that tells us the Christmas story in one verse. And we just read it right here in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 9. Now you may not believe it or not, but in just those 30 words of verse number 9, you and I can see the entire Christmas story. 
Now let's let me do, let me just try to break this down with you if I can in the next few minutes. But I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something a little bit different and start us off in the middle of this verse and then kind of work my way around this verse. So so let's talk, let's start in the middle of this verse and let's talk about what I'm going to call a, a riches relinquished. Riches relinquished. Right there in the middle of that verse, number nine, look what it says. It says this, Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Now in that one statement, you and I are introduced to the reality of Christmas. You know, there are some people who believe and who try to teach you and I that Jesus did not come into existence until the day that Christmas happened. That before, before Christmas Day, that Jesus was never really in existence. But Frank, can I just say, according to the Word of God, you and I know that that just cannot be true. I mean, over there in the book of John, chapter number 1, I like how it starts off that John 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, who is the Word? I'll tell you who the Word is. It's Jesus Christ. All throughout the Old Testament, you and I can find what they're called theophanies or Christophanies. And in those moments when you find those, those are pre-Bethlehem appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, I want you to know that our Savior didn't just happen to appear there on that Christmas day. That He didn't just come into existence uh, on that Christmas day. No, friend. Our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is God. And, and, and He he is God and He is as eternal as God is because He is God. He was there in the beginning when God stepped out of nothing, in, 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 stepped onto nothing, and with just the power of His Word spoke everything to, into, into existence. He was there on the day that Adam was formed out of the dust of the ground. He was there on the day that the, the flood rains began to come to Noah. He was there on the day that Samson was called out, that was called out to be a judge. Hey, our Savior has been there from time before time to now. But can I just say, this verse introduces me not only to the existence of the fact that Jesus has always been, but it introduces me into the fact that Jesus had, that Jesus, of the price that Jesus gave to become our Savior in this world. Because it tells you and I that, he, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor. Our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, hey, He is he, he is the only begotten Son of God. And there in, in, in heaven, as He reigned with His Father, I can tell you that He was a very rich man. Hey, He was rich in power because He had all the power that He had all the power that, 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 any, that any individual, that any that He had all the power that a God can possess. Hey, He had all the majesty that there in heaven as He, as, as he, as he lived, as, as He ruled and reigned with, with with God the Father, that there he was worshipped by those angels. Oh, that he, that he had all the power and he had all the majesty. He had it all because he was there in heaven. He is the only begotten Son of God. He is God, God the Son. And yet, he made a decision one day. For you and I. He chose to relinquish the great wealth and majesty and power that he had. Oh, friend, can I just say, I believe with all my heart the day that, I, that, 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 that Jesus stepped from the bowels of heaven to come into this old wicked world, I think heaven wept because the very, precious, the very, the very, the very best thing that heaven had to offer was setting aside his, his glory. He was robing His glory in the flesh of man. He was setting aside the power and the majesty and the royalty. He was setting it all aside to come into this wicked, sinful world. And the Bible says He came and He set all those riches aside to become poor. 
Now you and I, listen, one of the, one of the great symbols of, of Christmas time is the nativity scene. I'm sure some of you may have one in your house. Listen, and what, what we know about that nativity scene is it depicts the way in which Jesus was born in this world. Can I say, while Jesus is the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords, while Jesus could have come and He could have been born into some wealthy king's home and He could have, and he could have, and he could have been born into some rich man's home and some powerful man's home, hey, Jesus could have come and He could have been born into the home of a great king and laid in a great palace and been surrounded by great wealth and servants and He would have been perfectly, perfectly in line to do that because He is the King. He is the Lord of all. He could have done all those things. Hey, Jesus could have been born into the home of a great ruler and He could have grown up in a home with great influence and wealth. Hey, He could have grown up in a home where He would have had the best education and the best schooling and the best of everything this world had to offer and yet He chose not to do that but yet to be born to just a, to, to a, to a, to a virgin woman and a carpenter uh, that didn't have great power. That didn't have great wealth. That didn't, he, he chose to be born into a home that where he wasn't going to grow up surrounded by servants and maids to provide his every need. He was born into a home of a poor carpenter. And on that, that Christmas night, I'm sure you know the story, they had, had, to, they had to leave... Um, they had to leave and come to Bethlehem because, uh, because, the, because a census that was going on. And so they came to that, that, that Bethlehem area where Joseph was from. And they began to search out a place to stay. And so they knocked on door after door and in after in, only to find out that every, and every, uh, every area, every home was full and every inn was full. And there Joseph was with his young bride. And he had to take her to a, a stable where the horses were and the camels were and the, and, and the oxen were the sheep were and to, to, to lay this, 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 this woman Mary who was great with child down and there in that stable the Savior of the world was born. The only begotten Son of God was born. The King of Kings was born. The Lord of Lords was born. And there he was laid in that, in that manger, a feeding trough for all the animals that were there that night. Oh, he could have been born into great royalty. He could have been born into great majesty. He could have been born into great wealth. But yet, no, friend, he laid all of those riches aside so that he could be born into that lowly stable, into that home with a, with a with a poor carpenter and to grow up poor without much. Oh, friend, can I say that tells me the great depth of love our Savior has. That reminds me once again that the great depth of His love is for anybody and for everybody. Hey, His love, His love reaches way down to the lowest of all and way up to the, to the people who have, the, the, have, have whatever this world can provide. He left it all. He set aside His riches for you and for I. He relinquished it all. I like how the word, that verse says and that, that quote, it says this, yet for your sakes he became poor. Friend, I, I think about the earthly ministry of Jesus. Not only was he born into a poor situation. His mother Mary had to wrap him up in swaddling clothes, the, the garments of the common people. And, and there, and he started off in a place where he had very little to nothing, where his mother and father would be able to provide him a very meager life. But I like how in Jesus' in an earthly ministry, he said this about his own ministry. He says this, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have not where to lay his head. Hey, he never, as, 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 he, during his whole time, 
His earthly, and there's earth, and during his earthly uh, stay, he not, never one time had great power. He never one time had great riches. He never one time drove the nicest cars and lived in the fanciest home. No, friend, he chose to set all of that aside and to live a poor and meager life. Why? Because he loved us so much. <laughs> that, that, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. You know, one of my favorite quotes about Christmas time it's from a man whose name is John Phillips. And here's what he said. He said this, The miracle of the manger is that deity became dust without discarding the deity or damaging the dust. Now that's a lot of words. Let me say it again. The miracle of the manger is that deity became dust without discarding the deity or damaging the dust. Now what's he saying there? He's saying that the miracle of Christmas Day is this, is that deity, is that God became dust, became man. And he did so without damaging the deity, without damaging his godhood, or discarding the dust, or discarding his man. God, that, that, that when Jesus came into this world, that he was 100% God, and yet he was 100% man. And yet there in that manger on that first Christmas night, God chose to set aside the riches that were due him, the power that, that, that was all his, the fame and the wealth. He set it all aside and he became poor for our sakes. Riches relinquished. Oh, friend, but can I just say, this great verse not only goes on to talk, not only does it talk about riches relinquished, he talks about riches rewarded as well. Because verse number nine says this, at the end of that verse it says this. Uh, it says, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Now friend, that tells me that there's a reward of riches coming for those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. Can I just can I just say I love Christmas time. I love I love all I love all the pageantry. I love all the the decorations. I love all the lights. I love all the I love I love everything about Christmas. I really do. But friend, I want to remind you and I today that the reason you and I celebrated Christmas is because you and I can one day walk down the road and celebrate a place called Calvary because while Jesus came into this world and we know he was born in this world and we know that he, that he came into this world listen friend he did not come to perform miracles although, although he did hey Jesus did in this world to heal blinded eyes, although he did. Hey, he didn't come in this world to, to make the lame walk, although he did. He didn't come to walk on water, although he did. He didn't come to take five loaves of bread and two uh, and, and, and two fishes and feed five thousand people, although he did. The whole reason why Jesus came to this world was so that he could one day go to a place called Calvary, and there at Calvary, suffer and bleed and die for all humanity. There at Calvary, he could take take he could take the sin of every man who's ever breathed a breath of life, every terrible thought, every terrible deed, every terrible action, and he could take the sin on himself. And there the Son of God who set aside his riches and he took on the form of a servant that there the Son of God could pay the price for all mankind. That anybody could come to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Lord, I've done wrong and I've messed up and God, I need you to save me. And then he would look at, would look at you and I and say, Son, that's what I've been waiting to hear. And he'd reach down in the muck and mire of our sin and he'd pull you and I out and he'd save us and he'd reward us with the riches of eternity. Oh, friend, can I just say, hey, I'm glad to know that I'm saved. I'm glad to know I'm a, I'm a child of the King. I'm glad to know I'm going to heaven. But, friend, can I just say, one of the great things about knowing you're saved is this, is that while I may not have much here, 
that's a little bit down the road, I'm gaining everything. Oh, friend, listen, you can look at my bank account and you just weep a tear the size of my bank account. But friend, I'm not worried about my bank account here on earth because I'm telling you right now, I've got a mansion far greater than anything this world has to offer just down the road. Hey, you can look at my home and you can say, hey, that home's not much. And you might be right, but friend, I've got a far better place down the road I'm going to. I'm going to a place called heaven where the streets are paved with gold, where, the, where the, every, every, every child of God has a mansion, where there's no sickness and no pain and no suffering and no death, hey, where you and I can live forever in eternity with God. Hey, that's where I'm going. That's the riches I've inherited. Oh, God loved me so much that he set aside his, he set aside his glory. He set, aside, set it all aside and he come born in this wicked, sinful world so that he could go to a place called Calvary where poor old me could come to Jesus and say, God, I, never, I need a Savior. And he said, no problem. And he paid the price and he saved me. And that through his poverty, I might be rich. See, riches, his riches, his riches were relinquished. He set it aside. But yet, there are riches that are rewarded to the child of God who puts their faith in Jesus. Oh, friend, I can tell you about where I'm going, but can I just say, I think about what I have now as a child of God. And can I just tell you, what I have now as a child of God is far better than anything this old world has ever one time given me. Listen, everything the world has ever tried to give me has been gilded. It may look like gold on the outside, but if you just take your thumb and you mark that gold off underneath, there's nothing more but rusted old steel and copper, and it's useless. I mean, that's what the world tries to give you and I. Hey, it says, hey, have this drink. It'll make you feel good. It didn't tell you about the bitter pill you got to swallow when it's said and done. Oh, it says, hey, have this relationship. It'll make you happy. But it doesn't tell you about the, the de death and the disease that'll fall you. Hey, it'll say, hey, 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 gossip about this. Be bitter about this. It'll make you feel good for a while. But it doesn't tell you about all the things that are going to eat you up inside and destroy you and tear you. Hey, that's what the world tried to give me. But I'll tell you what, when I met my Savior, He gave me something far better, riches far better than anything this world has to offer me. Can I tell you what He gave me? He gave me joy. Oh, hey, can I tell you, what can I tell you about joy? Hey, joy is something that lasts in my heart. Hey, even if the doctor calls me tomorrow and gives me terrible news, hey, I've got something deep down inside of me that a doctor's phone call cannot take away. Hey, he gives me peace. Oh, freaking, I tell you, hey, I get to go home tonight. I'm going to pillow my head tonight. And I don't care what the stock market's doing. I don't care what my bank account says. Hey, I don't care about anything because I have a peace that passes all understanding. I have peace. Hey, I have love. Hey, the people I used to hate, I don't hate no more. I love them. And freaking, I tell you, they love me. Hey, I have so much more that he's given to me. Hey, listen, I like that old song that says this. Oh, it's not what you see that makes me a king, makes me a king. To me, I've everything, all that I need, all that I need, treasures unseen. Oh, I know this world. I know this world makes much about all the outward things that make make you look okay. Hey, it says, what kind of car do you drive? That'll make you okay. Hey, what kind of house do you have? That'll make you okay. Hey, what kind of what what, what kind of friends do you have? Where do you go? What do you do? How do you entertain yourself? And all that stuff's supposed to make us okay. But friend, deep down inside of my heart, I may have none of that, but I have riches beyond anything this world could ever offer me. And I got it because of the reward I got the day I met my Savior. At Calvary. Rich is relinquished. <laughs> Rich is relinquished. That verse says this. I gotta get back to my Bible. Good night. Man, y'all made the splash on today. Good gosh. <coughs> rich is relinquished. It says this that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, 
riches rewarded, that ye through his poverty might be rich. But can I just say, why? How in the world does all that happen? Well, I'll tell you. Let me talk to you about what I would call riches, rede- riches redemption. Because the first part of that verse says this. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's why. That's why. That's why my Savior who was rich became poor. Because he wanted to show me grace. That's why me, though I was poor, became rich. Because my, my Savior wanted to show me grace. That's the redemption. It's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, I, 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 can I just tell you? Hey, can I tell you? I, 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 I love being able to testify about how good God's been to me. I love being able to testify about being saved and going to heaven. But can I just be honest with you? I've been testifying for a minute. Let me tell you this. I don't deserve a, a minute of it. I don't deserve a lick of it. I don't deserve to know my Savior. I don't deserve to know God. I don't deserve to know that I'm on my way to heaven. i tell you why. Because I'm a sinner. And I've done wrong. And I've disobeyed. And I've sinned against God. And I don't deserve. I mean, God could have looked at me and said, Jonathan, listen, you've done wrong. You've disobeyed me. You've rejected me. You've rebelled against me. You don't deserve to know me. And if he would have said it, he would have been 100% right. And yet God showed me grace. You know, we live in a world today that speaks about wanting to have justice. Hey, let's, we need justice. Somebody show us justice. Hey, we want justice for this crowd and justice for this crowd. Can I tell you, friend, I don't cry for justice. Because if I got justice for who I was, if I got justice for what I deserve, I'll tell you where I'd be right now. I'd be in hell because justice looks at you and me and says, okay, you're going to pay the price for what you've done. You've sinned. You've disobeyed God. You've done wrong. And now because of your sin, you'll get justice. And justice looks at you and I and says, you're guilty. Oh, as it has judge stands before you and I as a sinner and he says looks like you're guilty oh now what do you say hey friend I don't say judge give me justice God give me justice I say God show me mercy God show me grace listen friend the great, the great story of Christmas is found in the, in the redemptive grace of Jesus Christ. That, that man, that man from Adam up until that first Christmas night, that man had done nothing but disobey God. Hey, there in the garden, Adam, Adam took the fruit and. I mean, and during Noah's day, all those men had come to a place where they had done thought about nothing but evil continually. Oh, there in Abraham's day, they began to serve false gods all down the road. And you find during the time of the judges that they would go these cycles of wanting to be close to God and then rebelling against God. And then there, during the days of the kings, how those kings begin to pull up God's people away time and time and time again. The story of man is not a story of progression. The story of man is a story of regression. How we continue to sin and disobey and go against God and God could have looked at mankind and said I want nothing to do with you hey, you've disobeyed me, you've done wrong I want nothing to do with you but yet God looked at you and I and said hey, I want to show you grace, let me show you what grace looks like let me get, let, let, let's, let's, let, let heaven give you the very best of what it has and there the only begotten son of God put on the, rock, the flesh of man hid his glory, hid his deity to come down to this old sinful world and live a, a sinless life but a poor life, live like a pauper 
pauper. Hey, walk from town to town, have no home. Hey, had to lay down at night and put his head on a stone just to sleep. And there, through that ministry of sinless, wonderful grace, he'd go to a place called Calvary where you and I, who are nothing but poor old wretched sinners, could look to heaven and say, God, I need a Savior. And we inherit the riches of eternity because of what Jesus Christ did for you in High Calvary. I'll tell you what that is. That's grace. Ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, friend, can I tell you, Christmas to me, I like the pageantry. I like it all. Man, I like the meals. I like everything about Christmas. But the great story of Christmas is this. Is that God would love you and I so much that He'd send to this world a Savior so that any one of us could come to Him and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And He'd happily, gladly take whosoever and say, all right. And He'd show you and I grace. That's Christmas, friend. That's Christmas. The great question is this. Do you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? That's the, that's the great question. Hey, friend, if you're here today and you don't know for sure, if today just happened to be your last day on earth and you're not sure you're going to heaven, can I tell you, friend, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is here for you today. You don't have to walk out those doors. Hey, you, you, you listen, you may say, Brother Jonathan, you don't know me. I don't know you. you. Brother Jonathan, you don't know where I've been. You're right, I don't. Brother Jonathan, you don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't. But I'll tell you this, God knows. God knows who you are. God knows where you've been. God knows what you've done. And He still says, I want you. I love you. I paid the price for you. You can come to me today, right now, in this moment, and I promise you, I'll save you. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that we, through His poverty, might be rich. Christmas in one verse. His bowed and eyes closed.